Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of All Things Suck. And given by the title, I do believe that about most of the things I see in my life. One exception I have though, she joins me today. The very lovely, the very talented, it's Zan. Hello. <laughs> That's a nice introduction. Oh, thank you. Um, so Zan, you... Many people may know you as one of the Lounge Kittens, a fantastic group who have serenaded, rocked, and um, probably scared a few people as well. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I've seen some of the reviews. Um, definitely. We definitely definitely put some people out of their comfort zone over the years. There you go. Um, so what we have today is we are talking about the things that suck, as, as I do in every one of these episodes. And Zan, I'm going to ask you, in your life, what sucks? I mean, we're I mean we're recording this in the middle of a global pandemic, and we're almost a year in. So there's quite a lot of things that suck at the moment. But this week, uh, I'm on I'm on I'm on holiday at home, uh, obviously because we can't go anywhere. Um, so I'm actually feeling really ch- chilled and zen about <laughs> everything at the moment. So I'm like, what am I going to talk about? <laughs> I think everyone's pretty great. Yeah, what what sucks? No, nothing. Do you know I ain't done anything all day. I've been I've been lounging. It's been lovely. Um, Just getting on with it. It's been snowing. That's pretty cool. Uh, been for a walk. That was cold. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, apart from the obvious stuff, yeah, I miss seeing other people. That was that's that's a big thing that sucks at the moment. I think once all these uh, all this social distancing goes away, I feel like I'm not gonna look at people the same way again because I've kind of got used to the keeping away from people like yeah yeah you're right mate hang on wait till i get home and i'll call you but we're right here <laughs> no 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 i can't do that anymore mate you know i'm i'm, I'm just not sure uh, i i feel like that's going to be a lot of people going forward for a long time i think a lot of people have harnessed their or unleashed their inner hermit crab like through this experience like definitely for me like i've definitely i'm usually lead a very busy very sort of public i guess very loud existence and so uh, it's taken some adjustment but I definitely appreciate England being able to shut the door <laughs> shut the door for a little while <laughs> like, it's nice but I hope it all comes back soon one of the biggest things and uh, you know it, it's quite obvious it's the it's live experience it's it's the it's entertainment I think that's really suffered the most concerts in particular you know you, the idea of when you used to be able to go out you know going to I mean, one of my favourite venues is Brixton Academy, and I love it, you know. I mean, it smells awful, it's always crowded, and you'll probably end up with half your beer actually on yourself instead of in your gob. But, you know, you can't beat an experience like that. It's something that I think is just it's, it's magical in its own way. And I feel that it almost feels like them days are, are such a distant memory because it's been such a long time since it could actually yeah. have that kind of togetherness. And it's it's weird now to think, yeah, it's been nearly a year been nearly a year since I actually went to a live show. It's been ne- nearly a year since I actually went out for to do anything. It's yeah, it's bonkers, isn't it? We are coming up. We're a few weeks away from the the anniversary of the final lounge kitten shows, which seems completely mad. But um, yeah. I think yeah, I mean, I definitely am one that struggles to enjoy the experience of things like music and concerts and stuff online in the same way that I would in a live setting I definitely feel like at the moment like having to do so much of all your socializing and all your you know and working and any kind of entertainment and enjoyment having to do it all online is a bit of a stretch for me it's that feeling that you know because you're confined to your four walls it's really hard to like especially like if you're watching an online concert you can't be like you know singing out loud or jumping about well you can but it just seems a bit weird especially Especially um, one of my mates who's in a block of flats, he said he was doing that and just had people shouting from below saying like, yeah, stop making a fucking noise. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, so uh, when concerts are back, when shows are happening again, so I'm going to ask, you know, when concerts are back, when you're able to actually go out to a show, what would be your ideal first concert? Who would be the band or the singer that you'd say, right, first thing, this is who I'm going to see? Oh, do you know? Oh, that's a really difficult one, obviously, because you know, there's a whole world of stuff, and I and I think that um, realistically, we're gonna get uh, local um, and small scale stuff come back first, 
and obviously yeah. your international touring and the, the massive productions are going to be the last thing to, to come back so at the moment I'm really looking forward to going and seeing some mediocre cover band in a pub <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care who it is just something live um but it would be quite nice to have some sort of like I don't know pathos to to who who I get to see first so maybe I'll go with my good friend Grant Sharkey or or someone like that someone 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 who I just love being in the company of and I always love being in the company of their audiences um and they're all their gigs are his gigs are you know they're small and they're unique and they're hilarious for different reasons each time you see them um hopefully that's quite a realistic goal (laughs) I think when um when I actually spoke to Grant about doing uh, music, doing live shows. He said one of the things that he enjoys is that he has such uh, like such little technology in his presence. So he said he can literally just go out anywhere with his double bass. And it is amazing what you can actually get from one instrument, the the sounds, the vibe, and, you know, just, just Grant in particular. Grant is just worth an hour of your time. Even if you're feeling really crap, really bad, it, it does pick up your spirits. And, yeah, do you know what? If... Uh, if the choice comes around, I think Grant would actually have to be my first concert as well, going back into it, because you need you need that all-round entertainment. You need a good laugh as well as some good tunes. Right, and I think he's probably got some really good things to say about what's happened. Um, and I also think, like, what you were get, going back to what you were saying about, you know, being maybe slightly nervous going back into these real-life social scenarios after so long of being kind of cooped up in with our immediate bubble um that like the grant sharky gig is the right kind of mellow vibe for you know you're going to get a friendly welcome it's not going to be like this massive overwhelming ordeal of going into a stadium or whatever it's going to be like a it's going to be like a really nice nice situation to kind of dip your toe back into the water of being social again i just think that with i mean because you know, i love the in- intimate shows i love going into a pub and you you're hearing someone who's literally breaking out the acoustic guitar and they're, they're, they're singing five or six songs before there's five or six other acts that have got to come on after them. But, you know, sometimes you do get some real quality, you get some proper talent there. And even sometimes you watch one of these shows, a few years later you might see that person maybe headlining somewhere like Brixton or maybe Wembley and you go, yeah, I remember seeing that person years ago. And it I don't know, it's, it makes you realise that, you know, talent doesn't just start at the top. It does start from the bottom, it works its way up, and sometimes that I think that gives you the better experience because you actually see that raw energy that, you know, starts a career, basically. Yeah, and no one starts at the top. You don't go straight off. Well, very few people do, and, and from from what they'll tell you about it, from what I understand, that it's it's I don't think it's the uh, easiest way to do it. Um, you know, if everybody starts cutting their teeth in in the pub, <laughs> we did anyway. Not that we ever made it like massive, but um, but yeah, we we certainly. Then some of those gigs remind, remained our favourite shows because the vibe there is so different. Because everybody's piled in and they're all on top of you, and it's hot and it's sweaty, and you can't hear very well, and you just like big. You can't hear because everyone's just having such a great time. I mean, on your side, obviously, as you said, the the tour, the the final shows for Lounge Kittens came uh, to an end just literally weeks before we had the lockdown. And how does that feel going from having this high energy experience, having these few days that you were, you know, top of the world doing so much, and all of a sudden, not just that you stopped the shows, but everything just stopped. You kind of were then, you know, just literally you had to pause (laughs) your life. Yeah, it was weird, obviously weird for everybody, but it was weird for, it was weird for us for a number of reasons. Um, One was that um, the final shows, although they, you know, there were our final live public appearances, they weren't the end of what was planned for, for signing off from Lounge Kittens. So we still had um, a live album, to mix and release and we still had um you know tour videos and and um we released the the full video for the full of the live everything in the live show and that all had to be edited and all that kind of stuff and that all got obviously massive spanner in the works for that as everyone got busy trying to navigate their lives through uh through the crisis so everything got pushed back so rather than being able to sign off within a week or two of the final shows we didn't sign off for another five or six months um which was which was quite hard to kind of keep that kind of going 
um, but in the background. And I think mentally for, for, for each of us probably, although I won't speak for the other two, um, we not signing it off when when we were geared up to sign it off was quite hard. Um, and but then also, you know, we all had other things that we were focusing on in our lives. It, it, for me personally, I would, you know, it was a chance to get my head down at, at my at my normal work, and um, you know, really push myself in that. And um, so I work for a music promoter, and we um, I work on the event management team for uh, large scale shows, so um, stadiums, festivals, that kind of thing. And obviously, that all ground to a halt as well. So. I didn't have anything else to fill the lounge kitten's void with. Um, so yeah, I think it's just, it was a bit bit of a shock, but um, you know, we've 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 managed to settle it all out in the end and I can't believe now we're we're almost a year on. That seems insane. I think when you look at especially the year that we've already started with, we started with 2021 and I think so many people were going into the start of this year thinking, you know, everything's going to be back, everything's going to be all up and open again we're going to be back out again and i mean apart from concerts apart from obviously that life experience what would you say you have missed the most since lockdown life began um my friends like a hundred percent like my friends i've been actually quite lucky um last year i got to um spend quite a lot of time with my family for various reasons I, i was back home for for quite a while um, which at a time when I would normally never have been able to spend that much time with them, so it was really lucky. But I definitely miss. I feel like, or like, I don't know if it's the same for you, but I feel like the, when I spend time with my friends, you know, a year in, we have barely seen each other, um, or only seen each other at a distance occasionally. I wonder if we're all the same people. <laughs> Maybe we were. You know, do you know what I mean? We'll all get back together, and like, so much stuff has happened to yeah. everybody individually that you just hope that like. You know, all your friends are still there. I I think when this all began, you you know, when you're messaging your friends, when you're talking to your friends, you're like, okay, we need to find a way of keeping contact with each other. We need to find a way of, you know, keeping um, like a regular, like like regular bats of chatter. And we said, you know, why don't we do a, a weekly quiz? Why don't we, you know, communicate that way? And it sounded really good. It was it was something that we thought, yeah, this is something that we can we can keep up and running. And um, after the first week, everyone like you message, you go, Are you coming for the quiz? Like, no, nah, <laughs> fuck that, I ain't doing that. So, like, um, okay, yeah, that was a great idea. Yeah, ah. um, yeah. Uh, so how about next week? No, I don't really fancy it. Right, fine. Let's let's scrap that all together then. Let's um, and uh, do, and do, do you know, I think the majority of um time with my friends like when we've been chatting it's not even like it's not even like you know getting on the phone like you get on the phone they go uh, oh yeah i don't really fancy talking and um they'll send you a text message going you're right yeah mm-hmm. you're right yep that's it that's it it's like um great you know i can't imagine what our conversations <laughs> will be like when we can i mean i definitely <laughs> suffer from the from the zoom fatigue i, I i'm i'm not i'm not a big fan of the massive group group zoom calls where you mm. kind of you either have to shout over everybody or you have to you kind of sit in silence and um i dipped out of those quite quite early on in the in the process um I've, <laughs> I've got i've got quite on board like you say with those sort of regular kind of one-on-one or maybe a couple of people um um video calls but i've been a big fan at the moment um i'm a big fan of what i'm calling the walk and talk which is going back to back to just a plain phone call which is not something i do normally i really don't like talking on the phone like a lot of people um but i but i find that if i if i combine it with taking my daily exercise and going for a walk just sticking my headphones in and calling somebody that i haven't spoken to for a bit it's really nice because you're just kind of having your little trundle around and you get a catch up with someone and there's none of this kind of build up and rigmarole of being on a camera and having to stare at your own face for a couple of hours. And <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> I think, yeah, I think when you've got doing that, when you're doing a FaceTime call, you do kind of look at yourself, don't you? you go, oh God, what am I? What, well, I'm glad I'm not the face? only one. <laughs> it was just me. And yet, no, but then you're trying to, <laughs> it's when you're trying to then, I mean, the worst thing I do is um, I would I, I I I sometimes put the phone um on the on the windowsill and I kind of angle it so it's like okay it's got a nice enough view I can just sit comfortably but then sometimes if I'm out or if I'm sitting on chair or whatever I'll have the phone in my hand and I, halfway through the call I'll go my god that's a terrible angle um I'll try and lift the phone up a bit it's like oh god no I 
Now the shadow makes my eyes look really evil and <laughs> and scary. Um, I, and it's the thing. I'll keep going like that for about a good ten, fifteen minutes, and all of a sudden, someone will go, "What are you doing?" Um, so, sorry, I'm just trying to just trying to get a better view. And they, and they go, they go. Well, doesn't matter what you look like, does it? I went, no, not to you, but to me. Uh, I'm not really a vain person, but this is definitely doing it now. Um, it's not realistic, is it, though? Because in a real social situation, you can't see your own face the entire time. So you won't sit no. in the pub with people, like, constantly looking in your mirror. I mean, maybe some people would, but, like, I wouldn't definitely not look at myself nearly as much as I, I have to at the moment. Um, you can turn yourself off, though, on most of the video calls, but then, then I'm worried I'll start doing something without realising that I'm, like, picking my nose or picking my ear or scratching my bum or something, and I have forgotten that everyone else can see me. Well, well, I'd hate to think of the camera angle if that's um, if that's being seen. <laughs> um, yeah, what what are you doing behind there? Nothing. Um, I think that's it. That's why, that's why I don't turn the camera off, because, it, like, you know, if I do, then I leave myself open to basically anything, you know. Maybe, maybe, um, you know, I might, might sneeze or something and there might be something just hanging there. It's like, yeah, I don't really want someone to be looking at me weirdly through the camera going, what, what's, what's that? What's, what's that on his nose? Yeah, no. Um, but the, uh, do you know what? I think when, when social interactions are back, I think we're all going to have to have a class. We're all going to have to have some training to, to get back to communicating with people again. It's going to be really difficult just to have a proper conversation and maybe not do that kind of thing as well. You, it's like when you're going to be sitting with people and you're, you know, when you're looking at a, a screen, obviously you ain't got to be darting back and forth when there's a conversation happening. If you're there with multiple people, you're now going to have to get used again to looking left and right at everyone. Do, and, do you think you need to train your eyes up so they get they get tough again? And they got lazy. <laughs> it's, and that's when someone goes, are you listening to me? Yeah, yeah, of course I am, of course I am. My eyes are just exhausted from going back and forth. So I'm just I'm just going to look at this wall now. But I'm listening to you, don't worry. Um, that's 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 the feeling I feel is going to happen. And do you know what? That actually brings me on to what I wanted to say um, that sucks. And that is text speak or text talk. Because, um, you know, when, when um, I was younger, when... Uh, when I had my first mobile phone and you'd be talking to your friends, you know, you, you had that 160 character limit of putting a text message in and you always used to make sure you had it on the dot and you put in everything you could, but, you know, later we come L8R. You'd have like, you know, text as in TXT, you know, just any yeah. little shortcut. And now, it, and I feel like at the age of 32, I shouldn't feel as confused as I do now when I see someone put an abbreviation and I go, "What the fuck does that mean?" I don't have a, I don't have a clue, and um, and it was it was when I actually is when it's when my my sister actually one point called me a boomer and I thought, "The f- about I'm 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 32 years old. I know this stuff. Yeah, but you don't know this what this means. No, I don't. But then I know how to spell the word completely. I know how to." I know how to put together. Well, I say I know how to put together a sentence. That's that could be questionable, but I can I can write down a full word. I can, and that's what I do when I'm texting. If I'm if I'm doing an email, if I'm doing a text message, anything, I I will write it out in full, mm. and then I'll get a reply. And it feels like hardly any effort's been put in because it's like um yeah can't wait. So W eight two just the number two. And then um yeah I'm not I'm not a fan of text speak I mean my mum my mum was an English teacher so I grew up very I'm, I am a resident <laughs> spelling and grammar enthusiast um and yeah but ironically actually it's my uh, the older members of my family that tend to use text speak these days so I can never understand any messages my dad sends me <laughs> <laughs> But do you find yourself wanting to correct people when um, when they send a message to you like that? Do you purposely then send one back with full like punctuation to go, uh, yes, this is how we do the um, I, do de- <laughs> I definitely would subtly um, send back a message that might include any words that they had m- spelled incorrectly. <laughs> Just so that they know <laughs> that, um, yeah, that it's deliberate or like, do you know what I mean? the correct spelling of a lot of words that um get misspelled quite frequently you know when um i think of younger people's uh, 
And do you know what? I'm 32 years old. Why am I talking like this? But when I think of people that are younger than me and you see their messages, and uh, the worst one is, is when, you know, I don't really particularly look on it too much, but when you see someone writing on Facebook and they write, they write all their messages with text talk and they're, and you know, it's like terrible abbreviations or, or they, they write, they write T-W-O instead of T-O-O and things like that. And when they purposely misspelling a word, it's like, why? Why do you do that? You've got an A in English when we was in school. How could you let go so down the hill? Um, it, it does it. <laughs> well, I guess I, I, I mean, I guess I, I am very quick to judge on, on the whole spelling and grammar thing, but I guess I could probably be judged in the same way with my maths. So... Yeah, maybe I'll reserve judgment on other people, but I think mostly it's laziness, isn't it? And that, and that, it, or it suggests laziness, and laziness when you're in a conversation with somebody is is rudeness, and and yeah. that's definitely something that, um, yeah, that I I think sucks. <laughs> and when I read a message and someone sends a message and there's no full stop, that one always gets me because someone sent me before an email and there was no. No gaps, no breaks. It was literally written as like one long continuous sentence. It was about 400 words. And because sometimes you can see where it should have stopped, where it should have actually reached its end and then gone on to the next sentence, next paragraph, whatever. This one was was just so bad. I literally wrote, an, and I've never done it since. I wrote an email back saying, I'm really sorry. Can you please edit your email and send it to me again? <laughs> And um, the reply I got was why, <laughs> literally just the word why. And I said, I don't know what you're trying to tell me. That's why. <laughs> and, and I felt so bad. But at the same time, it's like, well, I'm sorry, but someone's got to tell you. This is terrible. How do you expect also, anyone to read this? Also, it's wasting your time because you've got to then spend time deciphering yeah. what it is, well, the structure of the sentences. Yeah. And that, that's... Felt like I was a code breaker for a little bit there. It's like, um, yeah. So what is the message? Uh, no, I have no idea. <laughs> you know, I keep, I, I almost want to keep saying that it's that is that is um people that are younger than me that are going to be doing this. But yeah, I mean, it's many people from my school, from my school year who do that, and it's especially if they start off a conversation using a complete, um, like using complete words when they actually doing everything in full, and then all of a sudden. They, they will then go to abbreviations, you know, see you soon, literally the letter C, the letter U, and then soon. It's like, right, why? Why do you do that? Maybe it's, it's habit. Maybe it's, it's just that they learnt it when they, you know, when they all got their own, got their phones when they were younger, and that's just, that's just how they write now. Because I guess writing, writing evolves, doesn't it? Like, language evolves. Mm. Maybe that's just how it's going to evolve in our generation. Or, it's just going to get shitter. <laughs> I just imagine now when um when my friends listen to this, they'll be like, yeah, I ain't fucking sending him a message now, you know. <laughs> so um, you've, already, you've already said that you feel a bit awkward going back into real life social scenarios and now you're managing to ostracise all of all of your text-based it, friends as it'll well. Make it, it'll make it easier for me then because, you know, I don't even know if I really want to have the interactions when it all comes back. So uh, I'll be like, yeah, that's fine. You know, you do you. Exactly. You do you. I think that's probably quite a good, a good way to live by and is it bad that even when things were good, um, I used to, not often, but I would go to a concert by myself. I, I even used to love going to cinema by myself for for a few reasons. Because um, some people that I know, and I'm not going to name them, um, so some people I know for when I go to cinema, I have the one person who has to have everything explained to them. They go, who's that guy? What's that guy doing? Hold on, why are they in this place? What's happened here? And then, and the the worst one for me is when they go to the toilet during the film as well, and they oh, come back. We should back. definitely not go to the movies together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is is that you then? Do you have your your break in the middle? I might have to have a break, and then I wouldn't know what was going on, and I'd probably zoned <laughs> out and was thinking about something else. <laughs> the the thing is, is that. When someone, um, this particular friend, when we have been out and they've been to the toilet and they come back a couple of minutes later, he literally sat down and said, right, what's happened? And I just went, mate, I'm not telling you, I'm watching the film. And he went, where am I supposed to know what's happening now? I went, we shouldn't have got up. 
Oh, God. Well, um, luckily for you, I'm quite well-versed in taking myself to the cinema. I think it's uh, it's something I, I used to do quite regularly, I think. I think if you're one of those people that's not very good at spending time taking yourself out to do stuff on your own, I think going taking yourself to the cinema is like the really good first step to being mm. comfortable going out and doing stuff in public by yourself mm. because you're not supposed to talk in the cinema exactly. and you're all in a big dark room no one can really tell that you're on your own and it's just like a nice little treat and then you can build up to maybe going to a gig together to do it on your own or yeah. like going to take your cake and yourself out for dinner that's another nice one <laughs> i really done the i ain't really done the out to dinner by myself but i've done loads of concerts by myself because there's always there's always a time when there's a band or a singer that comes around and I go, oh, I really want to go and see this person. And, you know, a lot of my friends have got very different tastes of music. I mean, I, I'm, I like to think that my spectrum is quite quite varied. You know, I could, I could one week go and see something like, you know, I could go and see something like Metallica or Iron Maiden. And then next week I might go and see, you know, like Katy Perry or Laura Marlin. I, I, I'll listen mm. to some very different sets of music I, I i mean the genres i have on my spotify playlist you know just I, I think even then it gets confused as well and the stuff that comes out on the daily mixes is well it's, it's frightening really but the but you know and before the lockdown happened the last time i went to the cinema I was actually by myself and that there is a particular reason why and a particular reason why i really enjoyed it so the last film i went to go and see by myself before everything happened was the sonic the hedgehog film and being a lifelong fan of sonic i i, I was i really wanted to see the movie and there's a couple of things obviously there were some factors obviously sonic the hedgehog is targeted at a younger audience particularly Something like the age range of like six to six to sixteen, let's just say. So for a thirty odd year old man to go to the cinema to go and see a film like this in a in the daytime when you've got all kids and parents, I mean, it's a little bit weird. Let's just let's just say. Um, but then I went to a viewing of it um, about two weeks before lockdown came into effect. There was a viewing at five past ten at my local cinema. Five past ten at night. And I asked a couple of friends. No one was free. And I thought, sod it. I'm going to go by myself. I, I really do want to see this film. Just, just, just out of curiosity. But also, like I said, because Sonic was one of the first video games I played. So I owed it to myself. I went in that cinema. I went into the screen. Bear in mind, this was probably the biggest screen in the cinema. There was not a single person in there. And it was... And do you know what? It was lovely. I literally sat myself right in the middle, right in the middle seat, middle row, and I just, I just laid back. I was like, "Do you know what? I could love this. I could, I love this solitude. I love this, this peace and quiet to myself." Careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Two weeks later, yes, we're going to national lockdown. Ah, shit. Um, yeah. When I said I liked some peace to myself, that wasn't what I really intended, Mister Johnson. I no. was thinking more. You know, more like when I go to the cinema every now and again. I mean, you know, viably the cinema's going to suffer if that's going to be the case every time I go, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's something really indulgent about having a cinema to yourself or almost it yourself. It was lovely. It was so strange, but at the same time, I really enjoyed it. And even my my partner, she obviously, um, she didn't want to see Sonic because anything like that, anything that's related to video games, superheroes, anything like that, she just says they're cartoons. And um, it's 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 lovely in a way, but at the same time, so I go, no, it's not a cartoon. And she went, and then she did actually say to me, "What? So Sonic the Hedgehog is someone in an outfit?" I went, "Right, well, no, it's a it's a <laughs> computer generated character." She went, "Well, it's a cartoon." I went, "Right, okay, whatever." But yeah, Joe, you know, it was just that idea that I'm in that cinema. I've got I've got the screen to myself. I've got a nice nice large drink. I've got just peace and quiet around me and i kind of thought when i was in the cinema literally on the dot at five past ten that obviously the lights go out and the screen comes on to me i just had that thought if no one was in this cinema obviously this film was due at this time would the film just still play but it'd play to an empty cinema <laughs> I don't know. It's like that's like you know the whole the old if the tree falls in the woods and no one could hear it does it make a sound question. Yeah. Like oh. who knows? I'm sure there'll be cinema workers listening 
Uh, I can tell you the answer to that. Probably go, no, don't be silly. If we don't sell the ticket, we turn it off, boy. <laughs> yeah. But it was one of the things, that I don't know why, but as I was um, watching the, the film trailers that were then coming on before before the main presentation, I just had that in my mind for about 10 minutes. I thought, if no one else was here, would this film be on? Would they be showing it? Because, you know, it, it was literally on the dot. The film started, like, you know, the credits started playing. You had all your adverts and then you had the movie. I thought, I thought, I could, I could just imagine that these are just literally set against, obviously, the company's will. They literally just put on there. So, basically, the staff just have to worry about getting people in and out and, you know, just general maintenance and cleaning. And, and I don't know. I, I, I was really stumped and I thought, I thought, Joe, what? Why am I thinking about this shit? I should just be watching the film. I should just be enjoying <laughs> myself that I'm in here, you know, not thinking about all these uh, all these statistics. So, yeah. so that's how good the film was then. <laughs> oh no, when the film came on, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, and being being a a massive video game fan and being quite a skeptic as well, I wasn't expecting a great movie, but I really enjoyed it. It was really a lot of fun, and surprisingly, I'm looking forward to a sequel as well when the when they make it when you know, yeah. cinemas are open. I mean, you say it's just for kids, but I think that there's a lot of people of, uh, of the sort of 30s generation that grew up with Sonic, and I suspect it has like a huge retro appeal hmm. to 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 the people of that age as well. I mean, I certainly there. Um, I know I've had the good fortune to spend quite a lot of time with those, um, which I will lovingly refer to as nerds. <laughs> but that group of group of society and uh and yeah and they love to go and do stuff and they love to go and reminisce about 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 the particularly the games that they enjoyed yeah. when they were, they were younger as do we all i think during this whole lockdown as well i think that's one thing that's definitely kept my mind let's let's say calm you know getting into when when obviously you know when you if you've been working you know work can be a lot more stressful than what it normally would be because you know pandemic trying to keep yourself safe you know remembering your social distancing washing your hands as often as you can um and then when you get home you think oh god you know your mind is just spent you just you just want something to take just you know just to take away your your negative thoughts because you know anyone who's been working for it and i feel i feel more for all the you know for care care workers people that have been in the nhs care homes all the nurses all the doctors you know, you guys are just absolute heroes, and I couldn't even imagine how you feel at the best of times before all this has been going on. But this year has been an absolute clusterfuck, and to think that some people literally do still go about their jobs every day, they go out with a smile, they go out with so much enthusiasm to help their fellow man, and, you know, I I can't imagine how... I could cope on something like that. I feel that even with my my very um let's say my very mediocre work, even though in some ways it has still been, you know, with people, it wouldn't have been any way near as intensive as working in a hospital or working in a care home. But I found that video games has definitely been one of the ways that mentally I've kept myself balanced. I've been able to it's it's an escape. It's a way of getting yourself out of you know, out of your everyday, out of what you've been experiencing. And, you know, maybe just for a few hours, yeah, okay, for a few hours you can be Spider-Man, you know, swinging through New York. For a couple of hours you can be Crash Bandicoot jumping on boxes and defeating Dr. Cortez. And, uh, you know, there's all these different possibilities. And I think something like that is really nice. It's It's the escapism that sometimes we do need and we do have to have something that does just take us away and in a nice little segue zan what what has helped you obviously and yeah i think we've gone through quite a few things yeah we talked about like you know with friends family keeping up communications but if if you're by yourself and you need to basically you need to chill you need to find something to help yourself mellow dan what is the one thing that you know can that can always do that oh well i'm not a gamer that's you'd have to speak to the other two about 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 <laughs> video games. That's not at all my forte. Since oh, well, I used to when I was a child, but like no, that doesn't that doesn't um doesn't chill me out. Um, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I mean, there are a number of things that I would do I can do to 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 chill me out. I'm I quite I quite enjoy uh, running. 
I spend quite a lot of time in the bath during lockdown. Um, but the, the my go-to, if I want to switch my brain off, um, and lots of people find this a bit weird, but if I want to switch my brain off, it's watching a hospital-based drama on okay. telly. That's my thing. And like, um, the more ridiculous and gruesome and dramatic, the better, basically. And I've had a lot of people over the course of my life marvel at the fact that I would find that kind of thing relaxing but <laughs> it does that's what's yeah. Right yeah I need to get away from all this horrible covid talk what are you gonna do oh, I'm gonna watch a hospital drama yeah really I'm, <laughs> mate, I'm 11 series into re-watching ER and I am having the best lo- <laughs> lockdown <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah that's my weird that's my weird thing I watch my stories like and it's which I think it's because it's just um uh interesting and engaging enough to to stop me from thinking about other things and stop me reaching for my phone and doom scrolling and you know all of that kind of stuff but it's not so it's not so draining that like I feel tired at the end of it you know it's not like I'm watching a taxing film or something that's like really deep and thinky or learny or whatever it's just kind of like you know it's like a little social circle as well there's people become my friends after 11 series Oh yeah, I can just imagine when you see one of the doctors leaving the hospital like after six years, you go, "Oh no, I liked you." Well, don't you have that? Don't you have that with characters with things? I think. Yeah, like, I guess you get attached. Yeah, I think when um, you know, I've got to say that one of my one of my all time uh, favorite TV shows is The Walking Dead, and when and it's one of them shows that. They they always say, you know, no character is safe. You always get this whole thing about, you know, don't get too attached to people because they do, you know, they do die. They do get taken away. Mm. Um, and one of my favourite characters in it was one that when I first watching when I was first watching the series, when it first started, there was the character Daryl Dixon, who he wasn't even a... I, I'll just say, I, I read the comic and I absolutely loved the Walking Dead comic. But this was a character that wasn't in there. This was someone who was created especially for the show. And sometimes when you hear about that and you go, well, hang on, where's the attachment? Where's the fan base for this person? And when I watched him in his first couple of episodes, I was like, damn, this is a good character. This is someone who is really good. And it got to that point, when you get a few series in and you see, like, you know, there's this cliffhanger and you think, like, you know, they're about to be killed off or something. It's like, no, don't you dare take him away. Don't you fucking <laughs> dare. I will stop watching this show. I will literally, I will literally rage quit this shit if you do. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, I did get um, no, I didn't. I was just about to say I did get suspended on Twitter, but I, 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 I didn't. <laughs> Someone I know did though. Someone I did know um, literally put in because there was this big cliffhanger from a few years ago, and they said if Daryl gets killed, I'm going to come and burn down your fucking studio. And I sent them a message saying, um, "Yeah, mate, you might want to take that message down." Oh, they know I'm not being serious. I went no. Take the message down because otherwise you are going to be in a world of shit. And funny enough, he was, and he got he got um, deactivated for forty eight hours, and was told he had to take down the message. And basically, he was blocked from any of the pages relating to Fox TV or The Walking Dead. So yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, like, <laughs> don't get me wrong. If Ellen Pompeo ever decides to leave Grey's Anatomy and the series has to end, then I'll I'll be very sad. But it certainly wouldn't ever turn me into uh, uh, a threatening internet internet troll because uh, <laughs> I've dealt with my fair share of those, and uh, I think I think that that's a that's a really weird thing that's come out of our our current society is mm. is this sort of letting off like unrealistic or sometimes realistic aggression at people faceless people on the internet. Mm. It makes you wonder when you've got when you have got people that are like that people that are being you know, to the point, like, you know, it's it's what they call, like, the like the toxicity when you have people that apparently, they claim to be such big fans of something. They claim to be the ones that know it all, but they're the ones that are causing the trouble when something like that does happen. Oh, one of the biggest examples, um, Rick and Morty. I don't know if you, have you, have you ever watched Rick and Morty? I'm aware of this. You're aware. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> There was a <laughs> there was a few years ago. There was a whole. It is it's so weird. For the third series of the show, there was this whole thing about the um, about a certain a dipping sauce that was in McDonald's, 
and it, trust me, it, it kind of comes around. In the first episode of series of season three, um, the main character Rick, he he has a sort of like he dreams this uh, this fantasy world that he's literally gone back to 1998. And he's getting a Szechuan dipping sauce, which apparently McDonald's only served while the film Mulan was in cinema. And there was this whole thing about because of how well the internet took this thing and people going, hang on, McDonald's really had that? And yeah, people look it up and they go, yeah, actually McDonald's did actually have for a limited time. They had a Szechuan dipping sauce. And there was this whole thing online where they basically, right, we're going to we're going to bring it back to McDonald's for a little while. And you had crowds of Rick and Morty fans trying to get this sauce and you had people literally you know shouting and screaming sometimes even smashing up the restaurants because they wanted the sauce it's like really well, for fuck's sake that's ridiculous I mean yeah. why would you destroy your own McDonald's yeah that's that's silly what are you going to do when you want your cheeseburgers yeah yeah but but it was like you know for for a sauce that you've probably never tried before for you know, for at a time that you probably didn't even go to a McDonald's. Why? Why do you really create such a thing? And they go, oh, yeah, well, because it's Rick and Morty, ain't it? It's like, no, it's because you're a fucking idiot. Why do you do that, really? I and I think when you get these people that go, they wake up and they go, yeah, do you know what I'm going to do today? Oh, what's that? Joe, you know I'm going to go out and I'm going to be an absolute dick. Why? Oh, because, you know, such and such is my favourite thing, so I've got to show my love for it by being an arsehole. <laughs> yeah, that that works. Um... Well, I, I mean, I used to have... I had quite a few conversations with, with the trolls over the years. We used to get a lot of internet internet hate. Luckily, it, it died off pretty much. Like, um, our fans were very good in, uh, in, in, in defence of us, and I guess people kind of just got over it when they... they you come across our videos and they were so mortally offended by them. But I had quite a few conversations with some of the trolls over the, particularly the ones that were really persistent and aggressive in their, in their hatred of the music video that they might have stumbled across. Um, and in one way, it's really nice, you know, when somebody is so, you know, some, a, a piece of music or a cartoon or, you know, whatever it is, a video game or whatever, like, you know, means so much to somebody you know that they're that passionate about it like that's a really cool thing and it you know and that side of it should be celebrated but um i think there's a there's obviously a level of status you know in the getting of a sexual source uh <laughs> perceived status at least <laughs> i mean i couldn't give a shit whether you have a exactly. source or whatever but i also think you know there's a level of particularly on the, with the internet-based stuff there's, you know, there's a level of uh of facelessness people don't realize that they're talking to real people they don't realize that you know the artists that they might be uh, harassing maybe might be probably reading the comments that that they're saying and and you know and how literal their their words can be be taken um it's a, it's a weird here's a weird uh i mean i don't think i've ever cared about anything enough like in something that i don't like you're saying Enough to me to... you've never had the urge to go and smash up at McDonald's because you didn't get your dipping sauce that you wanted. I mean, don't get me wrong, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, three o'clock in the morning, you know, when you've uh, when you've you know you've come out of the you come out of the bar and you think like, oh, I really need something. You get your meal and they haven't put in, you know, they haven't put in your curry sauce. If you're not I thought mean, of going back to go, you, you what? <laughs> I mean, I, I won't lie to you, right? I have cried when Deliveroo <laughs> does not delivered my beans with my KFC order. Uh, and I have, you know, I have, I have been fairly bad tempered, at, you know, a late night McDonald's drive-in, particularly when you're on tour, when you're on the road and you're tired, and you've done a show and you're like, you know, you're sober and everything. And all you want is some fries and ice cream. Mm. And uh, the bloody Sunday machine is, you know, there's no McFlurry going. Yeah, I do. I do feel a certain level of rage, but um, no, it's never, it's never violent. I'm not. Not a particularly violent person. I'm more. I'm definitely more a sort of burst into tears and feel sorry for myself kind of reaction. I think. <laughs> All I wanted was some fries and ice cream, but I can't even have that because I'll just go to bed. <laughs> I just imagine you know you've been given like your box of chicken nuggets and you go, oh where's my ice cream? Oh no, sorry, it's just run out. You just throw the nuggets out the window. It goes well, fuck that. I ain't having them there. No, I would never do that. I mean, like then I would just not have any nuggets as well. That would be rubbish. Like, I wouldn't waste it. 
<laughs> I always remember, because um, I, I always used to be, like when we used to go out like for, it, the nights when we used to go clubbing, Jesus Christ. I, I used to be, I used to volunteer to be the designated driver. So, and you know, the good thing about that is when your friends do something stupid, you can remind them because you remember it absolutely clear, whereas they probably forgot. And, um, you know, the invention of camera phones definitely came in at the right time for, for stuff like that. Um, but I do remember one of the nights out I had with a few friends and we was in, we was in Romford and, the, you know, back a few years ago, Romford used to have some great night, well, I say great, you know, they, they had some nightclubs and, uh, I remember when we came out one night, it was about 2, 2.30 in the morning. And one of my friends, he was so adamant that he had to go and get a kebab. And we're like, no, nowhere's going to be open. He goes, no, 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 the, the place down here is going to be open, honestly, honestly. And I went, right, okay. I said, we can't just let him because he's just, we can't just leave him because he's going to walk off anyway. So we followed him down and fair, fair enough, yeah. At the end of the high street, there was this kebab shop that was still open and and uh yeah and he's um he spent about probably like a good 80 or 90 quid already in the club um so he's rummaging through his pocket and he's got about 10 as worth of change in his pocket so he's um he's paid for his kebab and his chips it's about seven pounds something like that so he's literally like going like he's trying to he's trying to keep a balance on on one foot because i don't know why he decided that lifting up his right leg was going to help him keep up straight but he did, and uh, he's rummaging through his handful of change, and uh, you know, the odd couple of coins are dropping on the floor as he's trying to. Uh, eventually, eventually, he gives over the money. He takes the kebab, he takes the chips, and literally, as we're leaving the leaving the shop, um, he falls over, and the the chips just just disperse. They're they're all over the place. And my mate is laying flat, face first on the floor. The chips are just still laying there, and he's he's trying to get himself up, but he can't pick himself up. So we we're going over. He went, no, I'll be fine, I'll be fine, I'll be fine. And he's just laying there. I said, mate, come on, we've got to go. We've got to. No, no, I'm good, I'm fine. And as he's sitting there, as he well, as he's laying there, there's about four or five chips that are literally about an inch away from him. He slightly leans over, and he just starts literally picking them up with his mouth from the floor and starts eating them. Yeah, Christ. <laughs> and uh, it's, seriously, uh, he's doing this about, about about five or six chips. He's literally just laying there. He's like shuffling a little bit, picking one up. And um, the guy who owned the kebab shop said, you need to get your mate out of here now. He said, "This he's being fucking stupid. I said, yes, I know he is. So picked him up. And the one thing we realised was that obviously the chips went everywhere. We didn't we didn't see what happened with the kebab. So we're like, what what's happened with that? So he's got up, can't see it anywhere. What what's happened with this? As he started walking, he, he's like like he's sort of like holding on to the wall as we're going along. He's trying to keep a balance. All of a sudden, just heard a something slap the ground. Somehow his kebab went down his jeans and then wow. fell out. Fell out of the trouser leg, <laughs> hit the floor, and then he's then slipped on the kebab. <laughs> to this day, I don't know how it managed to get in there. I don't know how he managed to get it down his jeans, and then obviously for it to then slide all the way down. It's one I of mean, the things, yeah, it's a, that's a that's a nasty thing to wake up to the next <laughs> the next day, isn't it? And to realise that you've got kebab on the inside of your trousers. Oh, <laughs> that's the thing I, I kind of i kind of just thought oh my god why why of all days do you do this to me because you don't get any of the like you know hangover cure and benefit of having scoffed a kebab and chips on the way home you know <laughs> i mean rule 101 of you always eat before you go to bed after a big night out <laughs> and the thing was when when um we had to remind him of it the, the next morning because he woke up but must be at 11 or 12 o'clock the next day and got a phone call and he's he's saying to me he's saying to me, mate, what what happened? I don't remember what happened after I left the club. And I, I just went, um, hang on, I'm gonna send you I'm gonna send you this little video. I said, um, give me a call once you've seen it. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Basically I filmed the moment 
when he was uh, he was lying on the floor eating the chips from the ground, and uh, he said, "No, that's not me." I said, "I said, look, that is you." I said, "You tell me that's not you." I said, "You can tell that is definitely yourself." He went, "Oh, I'll never do that. That's disgusting." No, you did. Um, <laughs> but my God, it was one of the things that it was like, yeah. If I if I hadn't if I hadn't been there, if I hadn't been a sober, maybe that could have been me who was doing that. Oh, I'm really glad that we didn't have camera phones or even well, yeah, we didn't have cameras, let alone video cameras on our phones when I was when I was younger. <laughs> uh, many many things that are just stories that we all my friends and I tell recount when we're all together but there isn't any hard photographic evidence of <laughs> <laughs> so you, when you have the conversation you go ah well that's your word against mine or my word against yours yeah no I'm quite happy to own it I'm just quite glad I don't have to look at it again <laughs> <laughs> oh fair enough well on that um very uh very horrific note um <laughs> Uh, for for my mate's side, not not your side, obviously. Um, and uh, you, <laughs> you know, it's, you don't I don't know. You don't know what I got up to. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that could be like another episode. We could go through that. Um, <laughs> I probably can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> we we'll have to we we'll have to call up some witnesses as well. So uh, so so what what did Sam get up to during the um during the wonder years? You know, um you know that that first night out on the 18th. You know um what. What really went down? I'm sure that could be eventful, couldn't it? Oh, I remember my 18th birthday, to be honest. I mean, I'd been going out for quite a few years before that. My 18th birthday, I went out to the local rock and metal club that I loved. I was really looking forward to it. I had one drink. Uh, I was really poorly. I went and got a Subway sandwich. I ate a sandwich and then I threw it up on the cricket pitch in the middle of the park in the middle of Southampton. Uh, (laughs) And I went home and I went to bed and I wasn't... And I remember like standing with my then boyfriend and him holding my hair back as I threw up on this cricket pitch and me just crying and being like, I'm not even drunk. I've only had one drink. Cause I wasn't, I was just really poorly. <laughs> it was rubbish. Oh so, yeah. I all the harm. It made a good story, but it wasn't a particularly great 18th birthday. There you go. You can have that one for free. You can follow John Joe on Twitter at John Joe Cosgrove or on the All Things Suck Facebook page. Wait a minute. All Things Suck? Are you trying to say I suck, John Joe? I've never been so insulted in my life.